live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. We are back live at the Tap House Grill. It's good to have you along for the ride. 7 to 8, we're here every Monday, I think, with the exception of maybe one more for the rest of the season. Alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, I'm Nick Brunker. Glad you are here as well. We have lots to get to between now and the top of the hour, including some of your questions. We will get to those as we move through and also introduce a couple of our guests tonight, Trevor Lewis and Matt Smythe, who are with us as well. So we will have a chance to, uh, to chat with all of them and all of you as well. If you have questions throughout the show, feel free to come up and grab the live mic. We have hooked it up, courtesy of our friends, the Kyles. They are back, and so we have plugged that in. So if you want to uh, <laughs> piggyback off of them uh, and get your question in, you can. Coach, congratulations on a great weekend. Almost perfect. Five out of a possible six points. And boy, at this time of year, having that type of a weekend against your divisional opponents, especially Friday and Saturday specifically, that's big now. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. Obviously, uh, Friday night was such a great night. Uh, you know, getting seven different guys scoring goals and uh, contributing, and it was a it was good. Trevor scored his first uh, professional goal, so um, you know it, it was such a good night, and everything went in our way. And I, I thought uh, Saturday against Kalamazoo, uh, I, I thought the first forty minutes uh, they they were the better team, no question. I talked to Nick Bootland. After the game, they were definitely uh, the better team, and we talked about it, respecting what, how hard we had to work Friday to get that result, and let's come up with the same effort. And for whatever reason, we we, we weren't very good for the first 40, but uh, nice to get a couple power play goals and uh, get us in it. And it, it ended disappointingly with obviously the um, overtime goal. But uh, uh, yesterday's game was such a great effort. It was, um, you know, I don't know how many people watched it and. And listen to you, Nick. But uh, I'm sure you were very excitable about yesterday. It was it, it was an exciting game. I'll uh, tell you that. Uh, it, it was such a great effort by everybody. Um, you know, it was all around. I mean, from the the fact that uh, Zoltan got in the net and played great, and uh, uh, guys just did a great effort. We were physical and we stuck up for each other. Uh, There's a couple moments when they ran. Uh, There's a couple contact with the goaltender where our guys stuck up for each other, mm -hmm. and uh, and and it's a thing that. Um, one thing about our hockey team is uh, uh, the, 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 I, I'm really happy with uh, the way our guys stick together. I mean, I, I really like our players. I really like them uh, as players. I like them as, as people. I like them as teammates. And uh, one, one moment for me that uh, – two moments that's really stuck out for me was uh, when um, Trevor got tripped. It was a trip on Friday night, and uh, uh, Matthias Lindstrom – uh, lo looked at it a different way, thought he got need <laughs> or something, and he, his gloves were off and came flying in and, you know, stuck up. He thought he was sticking up for a teammate. He did a great job. It was, it was a trip, and Trevor can tell you that too. But the fact that, uh, you know, he didn't hesitate to stick up for a guy he's only met for about four days. He's known the guy for four <laughs> days, and uh, he saw an injustice to one of our teammates, and uh, uh, he, he went right in there. And then uh, the other thing too is the excitement of uh, – our bench when um, Matt scored the other night. I mean, you could really see on our bench how excited our players were for uh, Smitty to, to score that goal. And I think that says a lot, first of all, to our, our, our players, the guys that have been here all year, how excited they are. And 
The other part is that how excited they are for these guys. It says a lot about Trevor and Matt, what they mean to our hockey team and for teammates to stick up for each other, for guys they, they've just met and, and guys that they've just met that score big goals. That uh, uh, it, it says a lot about on two fronts, our, our, the players we have and the players that we've acquired right now. And uh, I can't say enough about these two guys. You mentioned the grittiness, and, and we've talked about this on pregame shows. In fact, I think we, we may have actually covered this in the pregame show yesterday about the difference and the balance that you have to strike between being a physical and gritty team, as you like to call it, sandpaper, and a team that takes bad penalties. You're one of the least penalized teams in the ECHL. Is that a, t- a difficult balance to strike? Um, not really. I think our guys, I mean, we, 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 we acquired Andrew Conboy for a reason. First of all, he can play. He can play. He's a guy that you can give a regular shift to. Uh, Andrew, obviously, on uh, uh, Matt's goal the other night was a force offensively. He was hitting bodies. Trevor made a great great pass to Matt for the goal but you know Andrew Conboy set the tone and uh, you know he's a guy that can go out there and do that and if things need to be taken care of he will and so will David McDonald and so will everybody I mean so will everybody's in there uh, that, that's the great thing about our team is that they generally care about each other we got a great group of people and we got a great group of guys and and, um, you know, anything happens on the ice, they're there for each other. So, um, yeah, sandpaper, you need sandpaper as we move along, and I think we've got enough sandpaper on our team. Uh, the ability to play without some of your top scores and still find success, I-, I think you look at many teams around the league, and that may uh, go kind of against the grain. You, you think maybe a guy like Artem Demkov in, in Elmira or Gaisley, you take those guys out of a lineup, that team goes away very quickly. Uh, I think the, the case is being played out right now in Elmira with Demkov out. Uh, the Cyclones, on the other hand, you lose Shala to an illness. You lose Wilson and Pecan all in one span of about three days, and you're without them for the bulk of the weekend, yet nothing changes. The game plan doesn't change. The conversions on the power play don't change. The penalty kill doesn't change. It, it seems like everything is the status quo despite the lack of those players. That says a lot about this group. Uh, absolutely. I mean, no disrespect to Garrett Wilson, who uh, I can't say enough about as a, as a player and what he's meant to our hockey team. And David Pecan, I thought his last game here, he was an absolute monster for us. Uh, uh, and then Josh Shala. I mean, he's, he's such a quality player. But, you know, we lose those guys and, and we don't miss a beat. Um, you know, we don't sit in the coach's office and go, what are we going to do tonight? Because uh, these guys are out. You know, we, we, we just keep going and... Uh, and again, these two guys uh, that are going to come up here tonight have done such a tremendous job. I mean, this, the the story of Trevor Lewis, um, you know, how we acquired him and stuff like that was uh, was pretty crazy. Going up to uh, Elmira, and you know, we were we were shorthanded ahead, and in there, I had already called Matt, and I said, "Hey, can you come help us out?" And Matt came in, was driving in that day, and I actually got to watch Trevor practice with Redding that day mm-hmm. and um and you know it was a situation where uh, you know they've got all their guys down and we we're able to acquire trevor and he didn't play that night but uh uh from the first practice uh you could see that trevor's got some instincts and some ability and and stuff like that and he's done absolutely tremendous for us and uh you know his skill level and his, his hockey sense is is something that uh fits right in what we're looking for and and he fits right in our lineup and again matt i've known matt since he's 12 years old you know he's uh he's from orlando florida i was living down in orlando and uh matt played for me before and uh uh you know so when 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 asking him to come play for us i knew what you were going to get from matt but uh 
you know, the first couple of games, I think he had about 10 shifts a game, not very much opportunity. He got one shift on Friday night, which is always difficult as a coach too, and difficult for Matt. You know, when you give a guy one shift in a game, it's, it's always tough. But, uh, you know, last night, uh, Matt was a force. He was a guy that every time he's on the ice, created opportunities, got opportunities. And uh, it was so exciting to see him actually score a goal. I've got a personal relationship with him and his family and uh, uh, really excited to see him get that goal. And I know our guys were extremely excited for Matt to score. Right out of the gate, we have some questions from oh, our lining friends up. Mike they're and Mike. Up. If you want to jump in line, go ahead. One right uh, after another. Our here. first is from Mike Sr. Mike, go ahead. Nick, Coach, uh, I don't have a lot to say because I do like winning, okay? Yes. And, we get, and what I was heard from Sherry tonight, uh, the final count was 10 of the last 12. Oh, I, I keep I'm stuck on that 10 thing. Nine of the last 12 points. Correct. So and points in five straight now as well. Yeah, I like five out of six. It's all good to me. So It is good. Just want to compliment that first that Friday night, uh, the first group, I said, wait a minute, I'm a season ticket holder. Who are these guys, you know? And... And Smythe and all these guys, it was great. I mean, they, they play as a team, like you were saying, and yeah, they, they give a 100% effort. And uh, I think Mike might have something to say about Convoy or something. But, yeah. uh, well, Mike, yeah. good, good job, guys. Mike, you've been consistent. That's the three three years in a row you've not asked a question and made a comment. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, for your comment. <laughs> Mike Jr. is next. He has a question up, for you. Guys? He's always got a question. Yes, he does. I usually do, but... Uh, What's up, bud? What about the uh, – why didn't they throw the other guy out? Which Speaking in, uh, about – explain from what happened on Sunday in Wheeling. Yeah, when uh, one of the Wheeling players ran over top of Zolden. Why yeah. didn't they toss the other guy out? And so, I can understand you can't go from one side of the ice to the other, just – but he was doing it yeah. to protect his own goalie. Yeah, I would still call it an instigator. Um, you know, that's one thing, as Nick and I have been talking about, I think it's such a great thing that uh, uh, our, our guys stick up for each other. And, um, you know, Zoltan got uh, a goalie interference early on in the game, and then he got cross-checked. That wasn't a penalty. And then that kid ran him over. Um, uh, I, I was surprised that the referee gave him five minutes. I thought we were going to get an even-up call of two minutes for inter goalie interference and two minutes for Convoy. He actually gave their guy five and Convoy four. So I thought we came out of that ahead. You know, I, I would have been satisfied with an even-up call right there, just two and two. But, uh, you know, I, I think it says a lot about Andrew Convoy. He's, he's done such a great job for us, sticking up for his teammates. And, and he's creating. You know, he's a guy that I want on the ice. I want him... Uh, you know, finishing checks, and he's done such a great job. So, I just want to say, uh, good job so far this year. Keep up the good work, and congratulations to these guys on their first goal. Hey, thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank if, you. If you have a question, you can grab it. And do we have one oh, from Skate? We have a question oh, from baby, this is good. this is going to be good. Really, I'm scared. Yeah. Right? I'm a little nervous right now. I'm Keep nervous. it clean, Skater boy. Come on. How many, how many teams have you, have you played for? <laughs> 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 Let's many, run them all down. Let me get uh, the uh, banjo many, going here. How many cities have you lived in, son? Um, right, let's see if he knows the answer to that question. Do you know off the top of your head? It's hard to keep track, I know. I think in my pro career, I played on about 23 different teams. So um, Seasoned and, and well-traveled. Uh, yeah, seasoned, well-traveled, a lot of experience. But um, <laughs> no, Skate, Skate was born in Orlando, so he's... Uh, 
Uh, he hasn't really seen me play. He he's still only hearing about how good I was telling him how good I was. You jump so into you jump it. into drills though. Let let let's let, let's him explain this here. You, you every probably three or four practice days, you'll jump into a drill with lines, and it doesn't look like you missed a beat. No, when a centerman has the flu, I am so excited because <laughs> I, I actually get to participate in practice and maybe jump in. So, um, you know, whenever a new guy comes in and we need an extra guy, I'll, I'll always like, he made me a centerman. I'm like, I play center. I'm, I'm 41 years old. I got 23 <laughs> years in this game. I play center. You play wing. So um, uh, that, that happens in practice from time to time. So, Louie, if you ever get bumped to the left wing, you know, I'm playing center. Okay, I don't play wing. <laughs> You sound like Matthias Lindstrom. Yeah, I play yeah. center. I play, I play center. center. Yeah, a good story about Matthias Lindstrom. We get this kid in uh, Florida Panthers. Give me the heads up. Really quiet guy, Matthias Lindstrom. Uh, you might have to help him out integrating with the players. Uh, you know, very quiet. You know, self. You know, so he gets here, and I keep trying to make conversation with him. Like, uh, hey, Matty, I, I played in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I understand some of the traditions. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is going great. God, this guy. And I said, uh, we were at a situation where we needed a centerman. I said, hey, Matt, did you play center? He goes, left wing. And I said, okay. Did you play right wing? Left wing. <laughs> I was like, all right. Matt, he's a left he's winger. A left -winger. He's Clearly told me that he only plays left wing. Matthias Lindstrom, you will never see him in any position this year except <laughs> left wing because he's clearly told me that he plays. You know, left and wing. even if he's not, he'll be uh, on one knee just waiting to block a shot yeah, with a smile on his face. You know he will. We got ba Bailey. Bailey's got a question. Bailey, go ahead. What do you say to the ref after a bad call? Ooh. Easy, easy. Hang on. Let me get the bleep button here. Hang on. Uh, Oh, boy. It all depends. At least we're not on the radio live. We, this is tape delayed for those that are... It all depends. Sometimes they'll come and say, this is what I saw, and I'll be like, don't make stuff up. Like, you know, if you're, you made a mistake, just tell me, just don't make stuff up. Like, you know, so it's different, Bailey. Sometimes it's uh, <laughs> different things, but uh, generally it's uh, we, we try to work through our issues. To give you a good idea uh, of how it goes, there is a an episode from Making the Cut Season 1 that we did, and it was the final episode, second part. So Episode 4, Part 2. You can YouTube it now. He had an exchange with uh, ECHL Don, Don referee Jablonski. Don Jablonski, who was incidentally in his first year as an ECHL ref that season. Uh, and you can see an exchange live as it happens. We were right there next to Jared. We had a camera across the way mic'd up, Jared. So you'll, you'll be able to hear and see everything that you want to see and hear from the bench live. I didn't swear, Bailey, I promise you. Oh, we got a comment from Mike. Mike, go ahead again. I was just wondering, on um, Saturday and Sunday, we had the same head ref? Yes, Brett Shiva. Did he get an A, B, C or in your, in your class as you were talking to him Saturday night? Um, Saturday night, uh, not bad. Yesterday, I had to give him a little bit about hitting Zoltan, and I thought that worked in our favor. I mean, I had a discussion with him, and, uh, um, you know... Anyways, I mean, the thing is, oh, Mike, all the refs are your size. That's the thing about this game. They're all your size, Mike. You can tell us here. It's not going to go to the ECHL. Nah. Everything's cool. You know what? They, they, they do a good job some nights, and some nights it's frustrating and, and, and all that. But, uh, you know, Brett, Brett Shiva, who you're talking about, is he was here Saturday, and then we saw him Sunday in Wheeling. 
he did an okay job. You know, there's some nights that, uh, some nights the linesmen, some nights the linesmen, yeah. they miss uh, icings and stuff. That's what I'm more concerned about is when uh, an icing's waved off and now, or an icing's called and we got a defensive zone face off. Yeah. Some of that stuff is more frustrating to me than the uh, actual referee call because, you know, you're in a 1 1 hockey game and now. You know, I felt they iced it, and or we you know, we touched it, and now we got to take a defensive zone face off. So, yeah, that's more frustrating than sometimes the referees calls. And I know it's it's difficult. I know I I as you very well know fall victim to to being very critical of the officials at times on the air and off. Um, as a as a coach, I imagine too sometimes it's hard to realize, and I think fans forget it as well. They're, they're developing as well as the players are. Now they're held to a higher standard because of course they're the ones making the calls that sometimes can change the outcome of the game. Where Whereas a player that has a bad day or a couple of bad days may not be playing or would be a, you know a 11th forward or, or not playing at all, and yet you have an opportunity to watch these officials daily. That's why Joe Ernst, his job is probably one that that is thankless on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the referees are all trying to get the National Hockey League. I mean, they're like the players, they're like the coaches, they're they're like everybody. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll make no bones about it. I want to coach the National Hockey League. Uh, these players want to play in the National Hockey League, and and they should not. Uh, be ashamed by it or, or anything like that they should be honest about it and that that you want to play the national hockey league and that's why you grew up playing in your laying a, a whether it's a pond or in your garage your basement it's because you want to be a national hockey league player and um, i'm no different as a coach and these referees are the same i mean they they want to get to the national hockey league and that's why they're here to develop and so you're right nick uh some nights you get a guy that, he, and some of these guys are only 21, 22, 23 years old. I, right. I see our guys make freaking mistakes every day, you know, whether in practice or in games. And these guys are in front of 9,000 people on a, on a Saturday night making a mistake you know like it's uh it's tough so mm -hmm. um you know they're 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 all have aspirations too so which is a beauty of this league it's uh you know the 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 great thing about this league is it's uh, everybody wants to move on it's no disrespect to the league but it's it's a great thing is that the players the coaches the referees the broadcasters Yee. all want to get to the next level it's true. It is true. I will say. I will say. Um, you mentioned development. And the thing that, that happened, of course, on Sunday afternoon, uh, I think it officially came out around 3.30 or, or even closer to game time. David Pecan and Garrett Wilson were reassigned by the uh, San Antonio Rampage in the American Hockey League. Of course, they're on all-star break now, so they're not playing until the end of the week. Uh, I guess give us a sense for right now of what you know in terms of what this roster is going to look like on Thursday night at U.S. Bank Arena. Well, I mean, practice tomorrow will have four lines and you know six defensemen but by thursday i'm going to guess uh garrett wilson will probably not be in the lineup on thursday i think garrett wilson will be going back up he's been reassigned it's all-star break uh garrett wilson will probably be going back up to uh san antonio we may lose a goalie which is not a bad situation thank think thankfully we have three um you know dove grummet morris has an mri in the morning uh, we'll find out more about that. But so uh, um, again, it, it, it's such a challenge to. We have two days to prepare for Thursday, but we really don't know what our lineup's going to look like. Mm -hmm. You know, we we don't know. I mean, uh, Garrett Wilson's a big part of our lineup. He's uh, you know, I'd love to have Willie play for us, but um, at the end of the day, I I would imagine he's going to be leaving on Wednesday to go back up to San Antonio, and maybe David McCann goes too. So um, you know, we don't really know. Don't really know right now. There's a plan 
kind of in place for those guys to be leaving, but until uh, that call comes, uh, you know, we'll find out. One of the things we talked about on the pregame show yesterday was the, uh, I guess you could say the recollection, uh, the regathering of the Alban Pellick Eves line as you put them together after a while. Eves, of course, under circumstances, had to go back on defense, and it just seems like they picked up where they left off. Yeah, I mean, we try to get the magic back. You know, and, <laughs> this uh, was the time of year when this was about the time that you put them together last year. Yeah, you know, th those guys play so well together, and, and uh, under circumstances, um, you know, it, it, we didn't we didn't get them together for a while here. With uh, you know, Evesy was injured for a little bit, and then Evesy played D. But I, I think Pelliob and Evesy, you know, they play so well together. So we're going to give them every opportunity here. Um, I don't, you know, obviously those guys. Um, I don't anticipate them leaving anytime soon for anything. So, uh, you know, Mike Pellick getting the call-up was great for him. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, the great thing about call-ups is that it really rejuvenates players. Like Mike Pellick, um, I thought he was having an okay year up until uh, the last couple of games. Mike Pellick's been a force yeah. for us. Uh, you know, you get up, you get that taste of the American Hockey League. And then you come back here, and uh, you know Mike Pollock was been great this weekend, mm -hmm. like really good this weekend. So um, it's nice to see those guys get those calls. So when those calls come, as much as it's like you know it's putting us in a situation, it's so good for the players. Chris Reed's a better player. Chris Reed is such a better player today after experiencing a couple games in Springfield or one game in Springfield a couple days, and then you know going to Minnesota Wild training camp and charting on a plane and I think he, he might not be better for that now <laughs> that, that he chartered. He has to go on the sleeper bus. Yeah, so but yeah. Um, you know, but Chris Reed's a better player. He's a better player now after experiencing a couple games in Houston and that's why it's always great to get your guys up because when you get them back, generally they're 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 better players. They they have a better perspective. They their 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 confidence is, is is so good. Their pace is better. Their assertiveness is better. I mean, it's such a such a quicker pace up there. So when they get to experience that, you get better players back. Uh, we have a question from Twitter. This week we have kind of debuted a little uh, niche to the show where if you're following us on Twitter, either my Twitter handle, at Nick Brunker, or at Cincy Cyclones, you can ask questions. Uh, I put it out there this morning, got a few responses. One of the questions actually uh, very similarly asked by two different people, but Tristan asked me this morning, uh, he'd like to ask, if the playoffs started today, who would be in goal for game number one? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I, that I clarified that wasn't my question, uh, but rather Tristan's. A good question. Uh, is Tristan here? I, 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 I literally sat in our office today debating that with Matt McDonald. If we were to start the playoffs right now, who would our very goalie? And um, I'd have to say right now, if you put me on the spot, I'd see Michael Hauser. Michael Hauser would be our goalie. So we, we will see what happens. But we have a lot of hockey between now and then to get to, including Thursday night against Toledo. We'll let you take a few minutes to relax. We will bring up a new uh, newcomer to the Cyclones forward, Trevor Lewis. He'll be with us on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. We are back live here on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Happy you're back with us at Tap House Grill here in Kenwood, doing it again next week. And we will move through as the second half of the year is barreling down closer to the playoffs. Hard to believe I, I did it in my Cyclones Minute today uh, that I post on my Facebook page and on the podcast page at CyclonesHockey.com. Another new segment, um, audio-wise, that I've added to the mix. Uh, there are only 27 games left in the regular season. It is hard to believe. My next guest 
has been on fire since coming over from the Reading Royals. We talked a little bit about him in our last segment with the head coach of the Cyclones. He had another key assist last night. In fact, that assist was on the game-winning goal that our other guests scored. This is Trevor Lewis. Please welcome Trevor Lewis to our coach's show for the first time. And it's funny, uh, for those of you that, that may have listened to our broadcast last night, we, uh, we did this interview yesterday. Yep. So we're basically going to, uh, for those that may have missed it, cover, uh, cover some of the same things that we talked about yesterday. But first of all, welcome. And I guess tell us a little bit about how your season has gone so far, not for just the Cyclones, but I think a lot of people don't know that, that you really have just begun your season. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got hurt in the last exhibition game um, in the preseason, uh, broke my collarbone, so uh, I was out for quite a while and then finally got healthy a uh, little before Christmas with the full go of, of contact and everything um, and just couldn't crack a lineup spot with Redding. Um, we had a lot of guys coming down from Hershey and uh, for whatever reason couldn't get a chance, so uh, when I found out that I was getting traded here, I was just uh, really excited for the opportunity to, to finally play. And certainly itching to go, you, you made yep. an immediate impact offensively, but I got to think, and we talked about this yesterday, just being dropped into a locker room, uh, being as efficient and successful as you have been is a very difficult thing to do, I'd imagine. Coming in and not knowing anybody, and your first year pro, all yep. that weighing on your shoulders, yet you still go out there and you're getting points every single night, it seems. Yeah, it's um, you know something that I kind of take pride in. It's just I think you get the respect of your teammates uh, a little quicker by playing well and, and going out and competing for them and, and letting them know that you, know, you got their back as well. So um, it's been a great group of guys. I mean, it's been probably the easiest transition I've ever had. Um, going to a new team and um, you know they've all been great with uh, being really personal with me and, and help me along. It's got to be frustrating going into that injury knowing all right I'm gonna, I'm gonna rehab I'm gonna get back and I'm gonna get on the ice then to sit like you did how much uh, frustration was that for you playing obviously in practice trying to you know get get the lineup like you said crack the lineup yep. was it hard just trying to just stay positive in a situation where you know you're trying hard you're working hard but it, the lineup was what it was yeah it was uh, it was definitely tough I mean um, the only chance I had to show myself was in practice and and you know we only practice for usually 45 minutes to an hour right. so it's tough to to really um stand out in practice but um you know i knew uh for myself that it was an opportunity to keep improving and, and keep getting better and playing with some really good players so um the only thing i could do is work hard and um, it got frustrating at points, but still needed to uh, make sure I was ready to go if I, I got the call. And certainly you look like you haven't uh, had any issues in terms of endurance and, and staying in shape. Was it difficult uh, not playing in a game situation where obviously things are much, much more amped up when you're on the ice in a game, even if you try to, to what they call bag skate, where you're just skating yeah. back and forth trying to make yourself better um, endurance-wise. Was it hard to stay in game shape for that long? Yeah, I think uh, anybody, any hockey player, tell you game shape is completely different than and, you know, just practicing. And um, I have my fair share of uh, bag skates over the last couple months. So, um, you know, getting into a game, it's just uh, a lot more physical and a lot more exhausting. So you really can only get in game shape by getting thrown into the fire and playing. So 
um, you know, the first the first two games was a little tough for me. I was a little <laughs> little tired, but uh, I think I'm getting the hang of it now. A little vote of confidence. Actually, that's not fair. A big vote of confidence being put on the power play um, in a scenario where uh, this weekend for the Cyclones, as everybody in this room knows, a very, very big weekend of hockey, a lot of major points on the line, and to be thrust into, A, your first true full weekend with the Cyclones, although you came over on the Saturday and Sunday yep. with, uh, with the Trenton trip, to be in a, a, a very, very important area of the game in your first full weekend, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it's definitely... Uh it does well for my confidence, and I really appreciate the opportunity to, to play on the power play. And, um, you know, it was a key goal we scored this weekend. And, you know, when you get that opportunity, you just want to prove that you can handle it and, um, you know, you can, you can make good plays while you're out there. We have a question or maybe a comment from Mike Kyle. <laughs> Hi, Trevor. How are you? Just want to know how you enjoyed your first – you got your first goal. Yep. I had five, over 5,000 on Friday night and 9,000 on Saturday. Yeah. What did it feel like to play it with a large crowd like that? Um, that was those were probably the two biggest crowds I've ever played in front of. So um, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, scoring my first goal was just uh, you know that game was just pretty much a dream. Um, you know, getting the the win too. So it was uh, definitely an awesome weekend and a, a great first home weekend for myself. Now take me back to that moment for sure. Very very well deserving of a round of applause. That first that first goal. It came very quickly at the end of a, a little rush in front, a little rebound yep. spurred out. You tried to get to it, and, and you just got there in time. Take me through that moment when you realized, I got a chance to score this thing now. Uh, I was kind of watching the play develop, and uh, it went behind the net and then up to the D, and I was trying to find a seam uh, to see if the D could maybe give me a pass for a quick shot, um, and then I saw him take the shot, so I just kind of watched to see where it would go. Yeah. Uh, took a, a good bounce off the goalie's pad, and I kind of froze for a second because I was like, this is too good to be true, <laughs> and then uh, fortunately was able to put it in. And then on Sunday, of course, the big assist, Matt Smythe was able to bury a goal, and, and in my opinion, obviously the game-winning goal, we didn't know it then. It was was going to be the game winner, but it was just a, a momentum killer for Wheeling because they had just scored, and right up the ice they go, and you were able to feed them a tape-to-tape -tape pass from behind the net. That had to be an important moment for you guys, and I think from the from the broadcast booth it was big, but from the bench that had to really take some uh, some of the pressure off, yeah. realizing you got that two-goal lead again. Definitely. I think uh, you know every time the other team scores, you always talk about having a big shift coming back out there, and um, you know especially at that moment in the game, um, you know all the credit's got to go to Smitty and, and Connie. I mean, he Connie made the play um, by just working in the corner and, and getting me the puck, and I was able to just kind of spin out and uh, find Smitty where he was in a great spot and just, just buried it. So, uh, Well, we uh, talk about the vote of confidence playing on the power play. Being out there for the very next shift after a goal against is also a pretty big mark of confidence that Jared Matt had put in the app. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you want to, when you get that opportunity, you want to do something uh, positive with it, and, and, you know, we definitely were able to make a good play uh, right after they scored. Well, I say positive is a good word to describe this guy. He is uh, on fire right now. We hope to see the same on Thursday. Thank you for being with us no again. Back-to-back -back yeah, interviews. Thanks for having me. We'll see you on the ice Thursday. Thank that is Trevor Lewis. We'll take a break. Come back with more next on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. the Cyclones Radio Network. Back for another segment live here on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show live at the Tap House Grill. We'll be back again next Monday night, 7 to 8. We hope you will be with us for that as well. Our next guest had the big one last night, the game-winning strike against the Wheeling Nailers. Please welcome number 15, Matt Smythe. Thanks for being with us, man. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, one of the things that, that fans here may not know, they might, though, if they have gone back a couple of years in training camp, you were with this club in camp a couple of years back. So how does it feel to be, be back here for the, for the real thing, for the real season? It's, it's awesome, actually, been in a, a uniform and playing at, for the Cyclones. It's been a great pleasure. And uh, the guys are awesome, like they were saying. They welcome you like I've never been welcomed before. It just, as soon as they see you, they introduce themselves. They make you feel at home that day. And, you know, I, I didn't go throughout that locker room without running into some guy without making me feel welcome. So... I mean, they made it so much easier to come out and play, so yeah. it's, de it's definitely a lot easier here. Well, and you talk about, obviously, some familiarity. That helps, too. Uh, you played up the street in Dayton for a little bit. You played under Coach Scaldi back in the uh, the Bloomington days, so I think that probably has to add to a little bit of comfort, coming in knowing a little bit about the coach, a little bit about the area, too. Yeah, definitely. Like Scald said, I've known him since I was 12, and uh, we skated all the time growing up. And uh, when I played for him in Bloomington, I knew, I knew how he was like. I, he's a great coach gives you an opportunity and if you th if you do well then you know he'll stay with you and uh he gave me a chance yesterday and uh lewis made a great pass in front after that you know we just got scored on so we knew we had to have a big shift we just tried to get the puck in deep convoy went flying in there got the puck lewis picked it up and i just the d the d went to lewis and my eyes just went wide open I'm, oh man i'm in front you know and he made a great pass to his legs and i just put it in short side so it was it's a great play for them, too, you know. I, I was just talking to Trevor about it. Obviously, the, the uh, ability to, to be put out there in a scenario like that where you're trying to, to maybe get that spark back after the Nailers made it a one-goal game, that w must have been a big moment for you, having tried to fight your way into this lineup and getting a chance and, and, and being on the ice at a critical moment. That had to be great. Yeah, definitely. I didn't want to make a mistake. And to get a goal, <laughs> it was uh, it's total 180, you know, 360, to be honest with you. So I was really happy that uh, my line mates could make me look good. We have talked a little bit, actually, I think every time we've talked to an American League guy who's come down, we've asked him to compare the differences between the AHL and the ECHL and the gaps and things like that. As that is shrinking, I think, too, as we've seen guys from the SPHL and the Federal League where you had more than a point a game every game up there at the FHL level, what is the difference, the main difference for players and the speed of the game down there as it is up here? To be honest with you, from day one, they show you what it takes, like, not only on the ice, how hard they work, but off the ice, and how they treat their bodies, and the things they eat, um, it all, you know, it all comes together, and it makes you play better, but also, like, the, the trainer and everything, they're awesome, they, anything you want, I've never, you know, if I ask a question, they're always listening, they give you whatever you want, and just to make you play better, and it helps, you know. You don't have to worry about anything off the ice because they take care of everything. And I think every time you get out there and get another shift under your belt, the confidence just grows and grows, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like getting assists, getting a goal. I mean, you keep building off of it, and uh, the team builds off it too. So, like, after that goal, we, you know, we turned it around, and then mm -hmm. it was hard for them to pick it back up after. So, When you're playing in a game like that where it, it, there's a lot of pressure in the game where it's, it's a one-goal game, then it's a two-goal game, still, as we talked about, playing in those one- or two-goal games is pretty much a nightly, nightly thing for this Cyclones club. As a player who is trying to, like you said, make that difference, make the impact, do you have that way on your mind? Is it pressure-filled for you, or do you just kind of go out there shift by shift and, and just try to do your thing? I think your first shift it might be, but if you make a, a good play and you don't do anything defensively wrong, you make a good good right. pass on the breakout, you get the puck in deep, you, you know, big hit, you get something going, then your next shift's a little you know a little weight off your shoulders, yeah. and then you build off of that. 
But uh, I guess if you mess up, you might grip your stick a little tight, but hopefully turn it around next shift. Well, obviously, this weekend was one of the best weekends collectively in terms of attendance. 5,010, I think, was the official number on, uh, on Friday night. And then Saturday, of course, 9,200 plus in the building. What was it like skating in front of those? Uh, it was cool, actually. I loved uh, back when I was younger, I played major junior, but I never had a... 9,000 fans. It was always three or four or 5,000. So it was, all, it was a pleasure to play in front of everybody. We have another question slash comment from Mike Kyle. He is here and ready with a live mic. Michael, go ahead. Yeah, Matt. My question is, uh, I'm a little familiar with Channel 8 News and Wheeling. And uh, my question is, after the game, they did come over and interviewed you, right? And <laughs> they, uh, they, they didn't interview you. I don't at think all? so. No. I was looking for an interview. No, or no, I, I don't guess, think so. Uh, s something to do with us winning, I guess. Right? It may have been. Yeah. Who's yeah. on Channel Eight? It's called the Sixties. <laughs> <laughs> Channel Eight Television. Okay. I I did a broadcast. Well, well, you know. Yeah. I'm. I was listening to America One. It's all good. That's what I'm talking about. You're listening to our broadcast. That's Everything's right. Not, good. not Channel good. 8. All right. I may have missed the boat on this. I was just looking for that one reporter. That doesn't happen in Wheeling. It doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. We will uh, obviously have more for, for, uh, for you before we let you go. Obviously, I missed it the last time, so we will make sure we get your quick hitters in before we let you go. First of all, your favorite food is? Oof. It'd be uh, chicken kuma. It's an Indian food. Yeah, I love Indian. I was born in England, so I was, my mom makes one. My mom's brother makes a certain one, so I, I just I like Indian food. Is your mom's the best of all of them? My mom's is the best out of Always all of them. Always is. Sure. A favorite movie is? Gladiator. That was an easy one. Favorite musical group or artist? Uh, Genesis. Interesting. Interesting. I would no, not have guessed one. that. And the, the funny thing is, I, I set up that. It was in my, my list. And I thought after our conversation on the bus last night, we were talking and our bus driver had the, the country music cranking. And he was, he was jamming along talking about he said, Jason Aldean and Zach Brown band. I'm like, all right, he's going to have a country song here. I, uh, You're a country fan. I am, I'm a big country fan. I'm a big, yeah, I love country. Uh, but to be honest with you, I can listen to Genesis any time of the day. You know, uh, country, I listen to it while I work. Yeah, yeah. not bad, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll segment it even further down. Of all the country music that you've seen, and I'll, uh, as of last night, you told me you've seen at least a handful live. Yeah. Is there one that is the best for you? To be honest with you, I just went on Facebook, and my friend uploaded a video, and Jason Aldean, and he got pulled up on stage, and he had to do the country girl shake it for me. And Jason Aldean started making fun of him because he was doing the Harlem shake. Oh. It was, yeah, I was dying. But Jason Aldean's a great, great, great in concert. I Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody here saw Zach Brown Band, too. Same yeah. thing. Like that. Uh, just great performers on stage. All right, you got country fans in here. Yeah. So you're you're nice. among friends. You're among friends. All right. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, one of our, our guests here tonight who's just hanging out with us is, is a guy you probably don't know by face but know by name, Chuck Saffel, who is on our broadcast uh, as a stat guy. He helps us up in the press box. He also writes pieces for our, our website. He wrote the story, the initial story on Michael uh, Hauser, a story that I pitched to the Cincinnati Enquirer and ultimately they ended up picking up and writing about it as well. So Chuck, thanks for that. Thank you for writing it. He actually provided us with our last quick hitter question for you. Do you have a sister? I do have a sister. If you had to pick one guy oh, on, your, on this team man. to date your sister... <laughs> oh. Who would it be? Man. Be honest now. 
you know, one guy I like a lot is Comboy. Comboy always has a positive attitude. On the bench, off the bench, in the locker room. All right, all right. He, you know, he's just... I've never seen him down yet. And I, I have a feeling you're going to be hearing about that at some point. Yeah, maybe, maybe but from what I've seen, he sticks up for, like, you know, you probably That's heard him true. skate across the whole ice. Like, he is someone you want on your team, let known, I guess, talk to your sister. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Matt Smythe, everybody, give him a round of applause. Appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. We'll take another break. Come back with the head coach of the Cyclones next on the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. It's the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show right here on the Cyclones Radio Network. A few more minutes with the head coach, and we will look ahead to the week. Thanks to Matt Smythe and Trevor Lewis for being with us as well. If you want to hear any of this back, you can go to the podcast page, by the way, and relive it. By the way, some scores of NHL games in action tonight. 2-1 at the end of one. Boston leads Carolina. Dallas is in Columbus. Both goaltenders perfect so far. It's nothing-nothing. Everything else is later. Nashville is in Phoenix tonight. The Florida Panthers are off. So that is an update on the Coors Light at a town scoreboard, incidentally. And before we move any further, we have another question from Mike. Mike, you go ahead. Mike Jr., yes. Yeah. Okay, after the Thursday game, I know you take one game at a time, but how do you prepare for a road trip that's very important for the conference? Yeah, yeah it, it, this is such a big weekend. We've got, uh, obviously, Toledo, uh, you know, seven points behind us right now. This is a huge game on Thursday, and then we head on the road. So, you know, Mike, uh, we were just uh, we're preparing for Thursday and then uh, move on from there. But it's, uh, it's such a big weekend, and, and it really is. I know we're talking here. We're just turning the calendars, flipping the page to February. But, you know, we have a big weekend here. There's some serious separation between, uh, uh, you know, us and first place. So uh, our players are aware of it. You know, they're not, uh, you know, our guys just don't show up every day and just, uh, you know, put their skates on and stuff. They're aware of it. They aware, they're aware of the importance of games. They're aware of the conference. They're aware of playoffs. They're aware of everything. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to address Thursday like we do every game. We're going to prepare like we do every game, and we're going to approach the weekend like we do, like we have all year. And, uh, um, you know, it's uh, you, you, one thing you don't want to do is just put uh, everything in on, on one game, two games a weekend. Um, you know, I trust these guys. I trust these players. I trust them. I trust our leadership. I trust our... Uh, the guys we got, and um, you know, we're going to prepare. We're going to get a couple of days of work in and practice, and we're going to get ready for the weekend. And uh, they'll be ready. They'll be ready for Thursday, and they understand the importance of the weekend. You answered the earlier question about if Game One of the playoffs started, you would go with Michael Hauser. Is he who you're going with on Thursday night? Yes. Easy answer. Easy answer. This is a, a series that I think, if you look at the numbers... It's Don't tell Paul Fenton from Milwaukee. I won't. <laughs> Mom's the word. Okay. Mom's the word. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how the rest of the weekend plays out. The, uh, the idea of the Walleye Cyclone series can, can be summed up in probably a couple of words, but intensity, grit come to mind. It's always a tough battle, no matter whether it's here or there. Every game this season has been decided by a single goal. The goal for and against margin this year is even 16 and 16 goals for and against 
the season series is even. I mean, this is a, a series that, as you mentioned, could really help separate you guys from the Wawa, yet at the same time, you know what you're getting into Thursday, right? Yeah, I mean, Toledo's got a good team. Toledo's a good hockey team. They've got good forwards. They've got size. They're physical. Um, you know, it, this is going to be a great weekend for us, and, and we're excited. We're, we're really excited about uh, seeing where our group's at. And, again, th there may be some changes heading into the weekend with uh, whether Garrett Wilson leaves or whether our goaltender leaves. But, um Again, I, 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 I'm extremely excited about where we're at and, and the players we have. And, um, you know, talking about these two guys right here, I mean, I, I think Trevor Lewis is a player that, uh, uh, you know, he's only scratching the surface of what, what he can do for us. And, and, and Smitty here, Smitty's, a, I told him the other day, he, he's already one of our top five, six talented players. He's already there from a talent standpoint. It's a matter of getting him where he needs to be and stuff like that. And we've got some depth and we've got some decisions to make. And uh, it's an exciting time for us. Um, you know, I like where we're at in the standings, but at the end of the day, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of hockey ahead of us. And we've got some talented people, talented players and some great people in our lineup. And you think about it too. I mean, this is the time of year where, you know, even as a broadcaster, I'll be getting my notes together and I have the division standings in front of me looking at, you know, the, the splits and home and away and, and how people are doing goals and against and, and things like that. Now is the time of year where you start switching it over, at least if you're me, probably you as well. Your big board doesn't have division set up. It has conference set up because, of course, that's how everything is seated. This is the time of year where you can start looking and seeing, okay, where am I at in comparison to everybody else? And as the weeks have gone along, and specifically this past weekend especially, all of a sudden you're within striking distance of a team in the Reading Royals that was far and away the top team in the conference. All of a sudden, as we mentioned, 27 games left, you're seven points back of the top spot in the conference. That's a big, big setup coming up the next five, six games. The biggest thing I tell our guys is look north. Don't look south. You know, let, let's look north and let's start heading towards what we want to do. I believe in us. Uh, the, the players believe in the group we have and, and the support we have from you guys is tremendous. And uh, we, we need to look north. We're not looking behind us and saying where the eighth, eighth spot is. Let's look north and let's challenge some people. And uh, that's the message every day because uh, we've got, like I said, we've got a great group of people. We've got a, a tremendous amount of talent uh, at our disposal right now and, uh, and moving forward. I mean, moving forward here, I think we've got a great group of guys that uh, want to do it. I mean, you, you look at this, uh, this league and we've got guys that love being here, love this town, love this team have pride and love the, the, the fan support that we get. That uh, uh, It's a tremendous opportunity for us as an organization and a tremendous opportunity for our players. And defensively, the identity of, of this team seems to, to fall on that side of the, of the line. Defense is the word we used in our pregame show yesterday, using it as an identity. But one of the things you mentioned, and I thought it was, it was well put, is that everybody has to buy in. It can't just be a mindset. It has to be an action as well as a mindset, right? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to play defense here. If, if you are not committed to playing on the defensive side of the puck, you are not going to play for our team this year. And uh, um, you have to be willing to block shots. You have to be willing to do things that are out of your comfort zone. And uh, that's the biggest thing is that, you know, everybody has their, their abilities, their, their stuff, but you got to get out of your comfort zone. And everybody needs to get out of their comfort zone and do things that they're not normally willing to do. And... 
blocking shots and uh, chipping pucks out, chipping pucks in. That's a requirement. Those are non-negotiable things, and um, we've got the people to do it. Good luck on Thursday. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's Cyclones head coach Jared Scaldi. Sweet moves for being with us as well. Thanks to our guests, Trevor Lewis, Matt Smythe, Chuck Saffel ha uh, hanging out with us tonight as well. Thank you all. We'll see you on Thursday at U.S. Bank Arena. For a Pitchers and Thursday. catchers reporting three weeks. <laughs> Good night, everybody.